So we were just watching Pinocchio, and I haven't seen this in a really, really long time. And just in the five minutes that I watched, there was alcohol, smoking, and kidnapping. Oh, yeah. And giving tobacco to children. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and giving tobacco to children. What do you think the rating would be on that now? <laughs> Not wholesome. <laughs> Triple X. <laughs> they had a whole, the whole Pleasure Island thing. Uh, Pleasure Island for boys? Yeah. Like, come on now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Pinocchio was made in 1950, so that explains that explains a little bit. I don't want to know what happened to little boys in 1950, apparently. <laughs> well, I mean, their version of Pleasure Island was was tobacco and, and breaking shit, but... So, we have a guest. Would you like to introduce yourself, dear? Sure. My name's Shauna Swasina. I'm so glad you said your last name. <laughs> I've been I've been making up a new pronunciation like it, every day. It's pronounced. I didn't even ways. try. <laughs> the English version that they've recreated is Swasina, but in Czech it's Vesnia. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll never be able to say that, so I'm just gonna call you Shauna. <laughs> so is your is your family Czechoslovakian? Um, my dad's side of the family that immigrated here is Czech. And then on my other side, it's all Italian. Very cool. Wow. Yeah. I have never met another person. So I am Filipino, Czechoslovakian, and German. Oh, yeah? That's cool. Yeah. And I, I know absolutely nothing about the Czech Republic. Yeah, I just know they have, like, cobblestone streets, and they don't like to curse. That's all I know about I love cobblestone streets, and you would get in a lot of trouble there. Yeah. I would I would get in so much trouble. It's bad. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more. Do you have kids? What do you do? Yeah. Um, I moved here six years ago with my husband. We have four kiddos. I have three girls and a little boy. Our house is pretty, pretty wild. Um, what are the age ranges? I have one turning 18 in a couple days. I have a 15-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 7-year-old. Oh, wow. That's a really good That's a really good age range. I think so, too. Yeah, I'm going to be, like, really old by the last one graduating. <laughs> <laughs> we should say experienced. You'll be super experienced. Yes. Mm-hmm. And relaxed. Lucky for the last kid to leave the house because by then the parents are like, fuck it. Like, I don't even know what to do anymore. Are you alive? I already Mission feel that way right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so where did you move from? You said you moved here six years ago. Yeah, we moved from um, the Sierra Nevadas in California. We lived in a little touristy town called Bishop. Um, it's kind of mm-hmm. like right on the way to Yosemite. And it was really beautiful, oh. but it's just so expensive to raise a family there. So Trace and Any tourist town. Yeah. Trace and I were working like three, four jobs at a time. We were barely seeing the kids. Oh. And we were still renting up there for like an outrageous amount of money. So yeah. um, Trace's dad had retired and moved here. We came here and checked it out. And we're like, oh, wow, like milk's cheap, rent's cheap. Like everything <laughs> is cheap. So we decided to move here to be closer to him and kind of get a new start that's cool cool. what does your honey do for work he was working for fedex um now with the quarantine stuff um he's staying home he took a leave of absence because we have a daughter who's immunocompromised so um it was just kind of scary with him delivering stuff 
thinking maybe he oh absolutely thinking maybe he'd track it back so he's staying home now we're both trying to look for work at home until the quarantines you know bans are lifted yeah so that that definitely has a a different connotation like staying at home has a whole different meaning for you guys than it than it than it has for us really we don't mm-hmm. have any immunocompromised um family members in our home it's pretty scary I mean I don't at, at first when we were first hearing about it it's like do you overreact are you underreacting like you know you, you don't really know how to react to it but now seeing the numbers kind of stack it's like okay we we did the right thing well yeah. if you're anything like me it's always overreact first <laughs> yeah that's me all the time <laughs> Her mom thing. Her daughter had a headache yesterday and she's just running through the whole list of like next thing her leg is gonna fall. I know I'm like brain tumor. We gotta take her to the doctor. No, no, don't WebMD that. (laughs) Right. No, no. mm -mm. WebMD is the worst. Yeah. So are your kids um are your kids in public school here? Or I mean obviously not now, but were they in public school here? Three of them, yes. My oldest did drop out when she was a freshman. Um, it was for several, several different reasons, but, um, Mm -hmm. so she's been out of school now for three years. She did go back briefly, but she's focusing now on getting her GED through the college. That's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yep. Yep. So. And then, and then the youngest three are, were still in school. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. My, um, 15 year old is at the age where now they're saying, can I please do homeschool or anything else or get my GED? I don't want to go back to school. <laughs> really? Um, What's their experience with school? Yeah. Why is well, it Well, like they're that? non-binary. Um, so that's been kind of hard because no one wants to use the right pronouns, the right names. Um, it just feels very like uh, they just have like a lot of anxiety <laughs> for one. Um, they're right. in the Cambridge program. Very smart capable um they just don't like the environment of like non-inclusivity I guess Mm -hmm. everybody's supposed to be the same do the same Mm -hmm. thing yeah go through the same motions right and if you've ever met my kiddos they're all very different and all very individual and very stubborn (laughs) so (laughs) so what is the funniest thing talking about quarantine what is the funniest thing that has happened at home uh, during all of this oh man there's so many things but yesterday comes to mind my son decided he no longer wants to wear clothes so he is this a seven-year-old yeah. <laughs> okay his name is Atticus he had me fashion him a Tarzan belt made of leaves from the honeysuckle bushes <laughs> yes <laughs> he ran. I love this kid already yeah. <laughs> he ran around like that for quite a while until we were finally like dude you need to put on pants <laughs> You're losing leaves. Yeah. Every movement, you're losing leaves. <laughs> like, at least throw some chonies on. <laughs> that is so funny. So Trace's, Trace's dad is here, yeah. right? Do you guys have any family? No, not here. Not here. No, a lot of my family and his family is all in California. His mom lives in Prescott, but no one really close. We're all quarantining from them, too, which is kind of hard. Yeah. Do you get to go back to California often? Um... We do once in a while. My three girls were from a previous marriage, so their dad lives up there, and I take them up there to visit with him. Um, maybe every three or four months, sometimes every six months. It just depends. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's expensive. I mean, now, well, like before it wasn't expensive. I went to go see my honey in Washington Mm -hmm. and the flight up there that I had originally booked for the round trip was $200 all said and done for like my bags and everything. And then my return flight got canceled because the airline canceled all of their flights through uh, June 1st. That was the next available one. So then I had to rebook a return flight. And just for that one flight alone, it was $200. Holy cow. Mm -hmm. And I think it was because so many of the airlines are uh, either stopping their flights completely until June or drastically reducing their schedule. So it was totally a, a... What's the word that I'm looking for? Supply and demand situation. I'm just glad her ass got home because (laughs) they'd be knocking at my door with a straight jacket. (laughs) Yeah, I have friends who have been stuck in New Orleans for months and it's not been a great experience. (gasps) I can't imagine being stuck somewhere other than home right Right. now. Right. (laughs) What what are they even doing? Like, how are they even surviving in this? Do they have family or something? Yeah, they have gone to visit family and then the quarantine hit. And they Ooh, and now they're stuck with family. Yeah, they were immune compromised, so it's like, okay, do we risk a flight? Like what do we do? You know? Yeah, that's oh. tough. that's super tough. So Trace was doing FedEx and what do you do? I um am currently apprenticing at a tattoo shop. Um one year into my apprenticeship. And I Very also cool. run a commission painting business from home. That is so cool. That is cool. So I paint. Um, I know. I know you know. I know. Lindsay oh yeah, knows. it's um, cute. I love and it. And just <laughs> thank you. Um, how how would you say that you got started? Because like being able to say that you do a commission painting business from home is a is a big deal. Yeah. How would you say that you tackled that and got started? Um, it was totally just uh, on a whim. I was going through my first divorce. I was really depressed. I was then a single mom of three kiddos, one being a newborn. And um, I had I had to stay home because I had just had a baby. And I had um, mm-hmm. no income. I had no really any social life. And I couldn't afford therapy. So I started paying. And you were... You were in California yeah. at the time, right? Mm-hmm. At that point, I lived in Fresno, California, little apartment with all the girls. And oh my I just started painting as like a form of therapy. It just struck me as something that maybe would relax me. And the first set of paintings that I put out, I uploaded to Facebook, just kind of like, you know, hey, look what I'm doing. And someone from a gallery reached out and asked me if I'd put my artwork in his <gasps> gallery. Um, wow oh my god um not my best work but that was really encouraging so it that kind of started my career that's so cool that is awesome so I I think I saw your post it was today wasn't it that you said that 10 years ago you sold your first one today that's when the happy anniversary yeah that's so cool cheers to the phone (laughs) (laughs) um so what would you say what would you say is your favorite thing to paint um I love painting when I'm going through some pretty tough emotions and having that resonate with someone afterward I think um that's probably my favorite thing about painting I love doing commission work 
because I love what people come up with in their weird little brains and trying Mm -hmm. to put that down on canvas. Um, But I love painting just from whatever I'm feeling and doing whatever I feel like doing. And when someone says, I love that, that's perfect. I want it in my house. It's the biggest compliment. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So were you artsy before you started painting 10 years I ago? I was, but I was really more career driven for a decade before I started really painting seriously. Uh, I worked for a corporation right. for a long time. Um, I had jobs in like, you know, collections, like I was calling people for, <laughs> you oh, know? Lord. so it was very that was probably emotionally draining to have someone be a dick to you over and over yeah, and over it was, again. It was pretty tiring. You know, just doing stuff like that, like corporate work, data entry, collections, things like in that line of work were, um, they're exhausting. <laughs> Painting, I'm, I feel right. very lucky to paint for money. <laughs> 100%. I, I know that feeling so well. Like, it still boggles my mind that people pay me. To the last time I did a window with you, you told me that you're like people pay me yeah. to paint, and it's it's mind boggling. It's, yeah. it's the best feeling in the world to do something you love and be able to pay your bills with it. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, this is the electric bill. That's cool. <laughs> I uh, I started painting. I've never been artsy, and Ever. she is now 100. She's are doing you so well. It? What but what kind um, of mediums are you using? Just yeah. acrylic. Yeah. Yep, just acrylic. Honestly, I'm too impatient for <laughs> That's oil. how I am. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I am wait. I love watercolor. I like playing with watercolor. Yeah, but with painting big, it's got to be the... the, the uh, my brain just turned off. It's either wall paint, like regular interior oh, yeah. wall paint, or um, the little baby tubes from Walmart of acrylic, and then just the heavy-duty clear coat yeah. over them um what do I you use, use acrylic mainly I like using latex too and watercolor also so pretty much the same I my grandma gave me a set of oils and I was like nah <laughs> I, maybe, maybe later <laughs> yeah. on when I have a little more patience <laughs> I don't like how the turpentine yeah. smells I don't like how the oil smells I don't like any of that I've never had a, had an experience <laughs> with uh with that I think what I struggle with most is like I can paint something from a picture mm-hmm. But I can't just go inside my head and just paint something that yeah. makes sense. You'll be able to eventually. I think you'll be able to eventually. I I feel like we have a giant filing cabinet from painting for so long and just putting things together that you've right. already painted or that you've I already seen. Feel That's that. true. It's a lot easier after a few times drawing a certain form to just have it in your mind how to do it the next time mm-hmm. yeah well I just um I actually painted this uh this thing for my boyfriend on the front of it it has his football team and then I flipped it over on the back it was a canvas and on the back it had like that mm-hmm. paper on it and I just painted right over it because it's just supposed to be a joke but I ended up freehanding the the Vikings mascot because oh, that's dang, my that's team involved. and <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. I was so happy about it. I was like, you know what pisses me off about this? No one will ever see this side. <laughs> but he knows it's there. And I know it's there. And like every time I go over, I plan on flipping it around. <laughs> Sorry. 
He's going to super glue that shit to the wall. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I have a picture of it. So do you have a room in your house that's dedicated to painting? Or or you... is it your entire house um, like ours? Our whole house is kind of crazy. We I gave away one of our easels yesterday to a little girl who wanted one. But we had one out back. <gasps> we had one in my room. One in my oldest daughter's room. I had a studio, but then my oldest daughter moved back home. So that's kind of her living space now. But I mean, we just paint wherever. Right. There's so Our walls are crazy. Our house is just covered in... <laughs> such weird stuff <laughs> it sounds like our yeah. house so, I mean it really does it really does that's cool though so everybody yes yeah, everyone's pretty artistic here the kiddos the little ones wow that's um, so fun I put them to work creating a background for a painting for me the other day and they had a lot of fun for that so <laughs> I'm gonna probably I don't know I was thinking about doing like an old-timey um plague mask doctor but that's kind of seems like it's invading the internet right now so i might do something else on it <laughs> that yeah yeah i've seen that a lot um i am stuck right now i there's a group in kingman that's doing these tiny libraries Aww. and there's 10 of them but they're not tiny they're no. not they're like a whole ass dog oh, house wow. for a big dog. Yeah, they're really big. I wouldn't say a big dog. I would say Shine couldn't fit his ass in there. If it had the other side. Oh, okay, you're right. Yeah. Don't <laughs> yell at me. Say that one more time. I just I just want to hear you say it one more time. You're so right. I love it. Okay. So anyway. So this <laughs> one. We had a moment, sorry. <laughs> so this one in the living room uh is supposed to be gingerbread Ooh. house themed. And I'm excited because it's going to be big shapes and bold colors, but I'm avoiding red and green. Like, like, <laughs> right. Because yeah. it's got to sit Just there all year round. colors, man. Oh, yes. Perfect. Perfect. I would say Lisa Frank. I feel really bad because other than Bob Ross and Lisa Frank, if if I if somebody was talking to me and they were like, so who do you think it has influenced you artistically? <laughs> um, Paul Ross and Lisa Frank. Oh, that was supposed to be a bird. It's okay. We'll just make a tree out of it. <laughs> That's me, one hundred percent. I'm just like, oh, fuck it. That's not what that was supposed to be. Um. So painting, and then you said that you just started your yeah. apprenticeship. Yep. A year ago. Day. What was the conversation like? Did you just wake up one morning and roll over to your husband? And you're like, hey, so I want to stab people thousands of times <laughs> over and you know, over for um, a living. I had briefly been in another apprenticeship in California, um, but then we moved here. So it was kind of like I had to sort of give up on that one. And I did not go like I was asked to apply at other shops here a couple of times. And I just felt like artistically I wasn't going to be able to do that I felt really comfortable with my painting I was selling a ton of them um I didn't think mm -hmm. that I would go back into tattooing at all and then my boss had put out an ad on Facebook I guess five years after I moved here because it was last year and a mutual friend mm -hmm. said hey you should totally apply for this and I just did sort of really impulsively and ended up getting oh, it okay. and 
that's how I make all my decisions (laughs) and it was awesome I mean I was so nervous but it was almost like I was really self-assured at that point that I was gonna get it and this is five years after I was so negative and kind of self-doubting but it I think just taking that time to build up my artistic talent kind of helped with my self-esteem going in there that's great. So I have a question. Yes, I'm gonna go cut ahead, you off really quick. Um, I'm I'm always really curious because like I I know my dad has mentioned to Courtney like, oh you should tattoo or y'all let you practice on me. I don't know. My dad's crazy, but but I just wanted to know like how is it different, um, painting than it is like sketching up a tattoo and then using a tattoo Um, it's completely different with painting you have room for error you have room to go back and fix your mistakes with tattooing there's no room for error (laughs) so um also the lines are a lot more simplistic in tattooing than you would use in a regular sketch drawing or painting i feel like um you want to use uh not as crazy of a style like in my own personal sketches I like to cross hatch so that's a ton of teeny tiny little lines and it's like completely opposite of what you would draw for a tattoo so you have to learn to kind of be more simplistic but still carry the same message with your artwork in a lot of designs um and really rely Mm -hmm. heavily on the advice that your mentors are giving you I've learned so so much in the last year um, I mean, as frustrating as an apprenticeship can be sometimes, it's so rewarding when you actually get it, <laughs> you know, that's right. great. How long is a, how it long is an apprenticeship depends, normally? It depends on when your mentor feels like you are at a level where you can independently tattoo. So where I'm at right oh, okay. now, even with having the prior experience, I feel like I still have, you know, a ways to go. There's so much to learn in an apprenticeship. That's really cool. Um, I was going to ask something. And, <laughs> and you forgot? Ooh, it wasn't me this time. <laughs> Let's mark that down. I should have a tally right books. next to you. <laughs> Um, don't no. encourage her. Don't encourage We her. wouldn't need it. It is me always. <laughs> That's why I'm, you know. Uh, so with my, my only experience with working on somebody's body, I haven't gotten to do big body paintings yet. I really <laughs> want to though. Um, it's been mm-hmm. face painting and henna. So with face painting, I'm sure it's a little different from tattooing. Uh, as far as like people moving, cause I'm, you know, I'm working with kids and kids can't, they typically don't have as good of control over right. their faces as adults do, <laughs> theoretically speaking. But are there times where you're tattooing on somebody and you just want to tell them like, Jesus, sweet baby Jesus. I'm going to strap you down. Yeah. If you move one more that's time, great like that's it. about being that's it. in the industry I'm in, we can tell them stay the fuck still (laughs) you know you you don't have to hold back because this is something that's permanent you you want it to look good from your end as a professional and you want them to enjoy it later so it's really important they stay still I've never really had to yell at anyone or get upset with them but Mm -hmm. it happens (laughs) 
I remember when I was getting, because usually I sit really well for a tattoo. I just always have. I think I think it's because I like pain. <laughs> I mean, maybe. But anyways, I have this uh, decent size tattoo on my foot. And I remember trying to stay still and my foot would just jerk. Like it was... It was out of, yeah, it was yeah. totally involuntary. I'm That's like, just oh, nerves. <laughs> I mean, it happens to everyone in certain spots. And as a tattoo artist, you just have to learn how to like hold your person <laughs> in a way where it's as minimal as possible. Mm-hmm. That you can't tell that they're jerking. <laughs> right. So last question for this half, and then we'll we'll take mm-hmm. a break and get a refill. Because uh, my coffee <laughs> cup is almost empty. Um what is if you can if you feel comfortable telling us that's fine or if you uh don't want to like call anybody out that's totally fine too what is the most ridiculous tattoo request that you've ever gotten that you just oh, face palmed I... you don't have to say their name but i definitely want to know the tattoo. I love <laughs> tattoos so i can't really say that any of them that people have brought to me i've been like oh come on Okay, then what's your favorite? Okay, then what's your favorite? Well, right now I'm working on my husband's leg sleeve, and it's an Adventure Time leg sleeve, and I love that. <laughs> yeah. Aww. That's awesome. So yep. do you do his tattoos? Mm-hmm. Wow. Very cool. Does it feel different to tattoo on him than it does other people? Or does it feel different to tell him to no, stay the fuck still? I mean, <laughs> it does get a little bit more um, stern with them. But I think that's why my first apprenticeship was so um, nerve wracking. I would cry every time I would tattoo him because I'm like, this is permanent. You're going to hate it in 10 years. What if you leave me and your new wife hates them? <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. oh, fuck her. Aww. I don't know. I think. Just ask me. I'll make you feel better. Now it's a little bit less nerve-wracking because I have really good teachers and really good guidance. Um, Yeah. That's so cool. That's awesome. That's super awesome. Okay. Well, we will take a break and we'll be right back. Hello. And we're back. Do you like Jell-O? Um... No. <laughs> Good. Me neither. And Lindsay's over there acting like I'm say Satan spawn. Wow. Well, <laughs> it's gross. I like it thing. like at Christmas the way my grandma makes it because she puts cut up pears and pomegranate seeds and yummy stuff in it. Ooh, that sounds yummy though. I'm gagging. That's the best kind of way to eat it. The other ways make me nauseous. <laughs> like Jello just reminds me of the hospital. Yeah. And I just ate it and it was delicious. You <laughs> slurped it. Like you almost needed a straw. Shit was nasty. Dang. That's the only way to eat Jello or not eating it. When Jigglers came out, everyone thought that was pretty cool for like five minutes. And then that what the fuck old. is a Jiggler? Yeah, what's a Jiggler? Enlighten me. You guys don't remember that? They were like um they were like letters and numbers, and you would cut them out of the jello and then have like a whole plate of like the alphabet what oh no i don't remember those at all that was the only fun way to eat jello as a kid (laughs) huh i remember do you remember when they were putting the jello in like the um what the what are those things called like the gogurt thing yeah 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 remember them when they were putting jello in like gogurt Uh, sleeves tubes 
I don't remember that. And I would refuse to buy that for my children. (laughs) No. I remember that. (sighs) So we wanted to talk about um, trades. Mm -hmm. And I, did you say that you went to a school that offered training for trades? Um, at my school, I, well, and I graduated in 99. So this is a long time ago, 20 years ago. Um, they had auto classes, they had drafting class, there were art classes, there were a lot of electives still at that time, that a lot of kids now don't really have. Mm -hmm. Um, so there was a lot more hands on experience with trades then. Um, did they apply, like, if you took those classes in high school, were those things that would apply or go towards uh, getting a job after high school? They could, yeah. Um, the auto shop, I know um, they brought a lot. Well, and we were from a small community, too. I don't know how this was for a lot of other communities. I grew up pretty sheltered in the mountains. But um there were businesses in town and people in town that would bring their cars to the school to get fixed. Okay. Um, So it was something where you could build a name for yourself if you became proficient enough. Um, Was it encouraged to like, um, carry it out as a career? Yes, very much so there. Um, Mm. I feel like in the smaller communities like that, people focus a lot more on community and they want people to fill those spaces, you know? Oh, absolutely. So I think that it was a really positive and really encouraged um, course. I mean, all of those were wood shop. All, I mean, I did terrible in wood shop. I cut my thumb off, but other people really excelled Ooh, at Like it. literally off? Well, the tip of it. Yeah. I can't feel it still. <laughs> oh my God. It was a really terrible class for me personally <laughs> but right oh my gosh that's scary other people excelled at it and I think it's a really and- great stepping stone for kids where academia is not necessarily something that works for them you know sure right. I'm building a chicken coop don't don't tell me about chopping thumbs off that's scary <laughs> I can't even watch her like my anxiety as soon as as soon as I hear the saw blade I'm like look away look away don't watch her do it <laughs> as long as you're mindful I wasn't being very mindful I was pissed off because someone wrecked my project and I had to restart it so it was very hastily oh. I was very hastily trying to put it back together and cut my thumb off <laughs> yeah yikes Oh, that scares me. And I, I assure you and all of our potential listeners that I'm being very mindful. She really is. It's just me. <laughs> wear your goggles. <laughs> yeah. Wear your safety glasses. Okay, listen, friend. when she starts the saw, I just leave the garage because I don't want to wear safety glasses. <laughs> so then um, we were building, uh, me and my boyfriend were building the the, the doors for the nesting boxes. All right. So I was on the floor screwing it in from the bottom and a gust of wind came next to the saw and blew all the oh. sawdust in my eyes. Oh, it was the it was the freaking worst. And then she's all you ain't been wearing your safety glasses. And I was like, <laughs> listen, listen, Linda. I mean, the saw was off. I was not aware that I had to wear them from the wind. <laughs> 
I don't wear these things every day and I'm fine. You're gonna learn today. Jesus, it was the fucking worst. It was the worst. Yeah, but you can't tell me being out and around that there hasn't been a gust of wind. Yeah, you just and need because, safety goggles and general I mean, in Kingman. Yeah, I, I feel like it's lice though, because like just talking about it, I've been rubbing my eyes the whole time. <laughs> and it's like when when somebody when you see someone walking around with like nicks, you just like are instantly you're like, I gotta braid my hair really quick, and then you're like itching it with a pen. <laughs> like, tell me that that doesn't happen to everybody. No, it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. And then any mention of bed bugs, I go home immediately and look at my bed. Oh, me yeah. too. I'm like, I got one. I got one. (laughs) (laughs) So in high school, I would say at least as far as I can remember, uh, there was little to no encouragement to go into trades. And I did take a small engines class, but... Because she's a badass. One, (laughs) I was the only female. And two... All of the other dodos that were in there were the kids that went to that class because they skipped all of their other classes. Yeah. Right. I do feel like nowadays, though, um, you see more women in trade schools. I I think. I don't know. I don't know about trade schools in general, but the encouragement for trades in general, like all of the conversations that we had... Um, I remember we took these aptitude tests and you got like your results. Um, okay. Just for mine, for instance, my result was a leader and it had like a list of jobs underneath that. And none of them were, none of them were trades. It was all, it was all like managerial positions. It was, um, it was Can like you imagine a... how bored you'd be? Oh my god, <laughs> I would die. I, I really feel like a lot of those tests are so vague and so standardized, and they really try to push kids towards college. I was talking to my oldest daughter, who's turning 18 today, about this podcast and what the subject was, and she was saying that when she was in school, um, not only did they not encourage you to go to trade school, but they would tell you that's your last resort. Right. Right. And if you didn't go to a four-year college or that wasn't on your list, the reaction I felt from the teachers was basically like, well, have fun being 50 years old, still working at McDonald's. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or even disparaging plumbers or carpenters. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've, I've heard that before, even as an adult. And it surprises me because those people in those trades are making, you know, 50 to 100. They are the essential employees exactly. right now. <laughs> and we're seeing that right now where those people have been disparaged for so long, but we need them right now. So that's, you know, their wages reflect how much they're needed in society, you know? Oh, absolutely. And, and they honestly make really decent money yep. mm-hmm. on the topic of money. Um, my personal opinion is that, I don't know, I would say seven, seven times out of 10, it's easier for someone that has a trade than it is with someone that has a degree. Um, yeah, I mean, like to find a job. Yeah. Like after, after they're said and done, I think it's easier for them to initially find a job. I believe that's true from personal experience and from family members that I've seen on both ends of the spectrum. 
Right. Um, my brother-in-law went to Berkeley. He graduated with great grades. He was an amazing student. It took him eight years to find a job. Right. Yeah. It sounds like you have Tarzan in your house right now. Yeah, I do. I'm sorry. They're playing Mario Kart. I just bought a projector. And so it's like our whole living room is just like Mario Kart Central right now. Don't be sorry <laughs> yeah, for no, that. Yeah, don't be sorry. That's I'm okay. just really jealous that I'm not there. <laughs> I shut the door and I'm trying to drown them out, but it doesn't no, work. No, don't ever. worry about it. <laughs> We're all moms around here living in friggin' circus rings. It's totally fine. <laughs> no, I was just imagining the leaf loincloth and Tarzan. He was naked when earlier. I went out for the break, so I don't know what he's doing now. <laughs> he's probably dominating a Mario Kart. Like, yeah. he has no clothing restricting him. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I told him, you need to put on pants, bud, and he's like, Dad said I could be naked. He's like, he's my spirit animal, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, in our area, I would say that we have a relatively small community. Yeah. Um... In our area, maybe after the madness subsides and we're able to even think about going back to school, uh, do you have any ideas on how we could encourage schools or businesses to kind of incorporate that? I feel like here we have a pretty tight-knit community, so it would be pretty easy for most businesses, I think, to get on board with some sort of program where maybe it's not just like a career day at school. Maybe it could be a career week where different students like cycle through different, you know, businesses like in pick, town pick that are three. Trade, yeah, like that are trade-based. Like maybe, you know, a construction business, a plumber's business, something where you have to go through an apprenticeship or even the beauty school here in town. I actually graduated from all beauty college. Um, I feel like those things are kind of looked down upon in the schools and they aren't talked about a lot because colleges will give high schools financial incentives. And so I feel like that's sort of why that's pushed in the kids direction all the time. Um, And I may be wrong about that. That might not be the motivation for it. Maybe they genuinely want to see people go off to a university um, I think it's become a societal expectation. I think it's become the like societal norm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can remember like my oldest daughter in middle school, they had a big display case and you get so many points built up and you get to choose college merchandise. And, you know, these are 11, 12 year old kids that are like, what the hell is college? What, you know, they don't right. know what Notre Dame is or what the hell they're picking out of the cover. They just are getting a free hat. But it's like, right. um, I feel like if, you know, that a lot of businesses in town are really generous. Um, They're really kind hearted. And I think they genuinely care about the direction that the youth's going in the community and that maybe they would open their doors to some sort of week long program or intermittent program where they can take people in and show them like, you know, this is hard, but it's worth your while. This is what you need to do to get from point A to point B. And, and another way to encourage it, too, is, like, if you want this trade to be something you do forever, then great. But maybe, like, uh, in high schools or maybe, like, the first year after you graduate, um, you go into an internship or something. Yeah. And then you're you're in that trade working through college, and it's helping you pay for your schooling. Like, not everybody – I worked at Walgreens through college, mm-hmm. so it's just, like, I – had an easy job. Sometimes I would study there, but 
some people it's, it's harder for them to get jobs, especially if they're in a college town or whatever, but if they had a trade that they could be doing, and then they still wanted to go to university, then they always had that. Right. Like, like me, for example, I went to school, graduated board certified. Um, I graduated in May. I had, (laughs) excuse me, I had surgery on my spine in July. Um, my hand, my hand goes numb. I have all these problems to where I can't do what I just graduated for. Oh, I feel that. (laughs) And if I had a trade that didn't involve my, my hands, like being a life or death situation. Exactly. Like I'm not, I'm not looking for, (laughs) I don't, I don't ever want to be in the situation where I'm handing somebody like a scalper, for example, and you know, right. my hand goes numb Oopsies. and I, and I drop it. Well, and I Oops. think it's no. great for kids to be, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old and be able to experience at least a tiny bit of these professions to see if it's Absolutely. something they're even interested in investing their time in. Um, like my apprenticeship now it's unpaid. This is, you know, I'm putting my time and effort into it to learn a craft. I don't get, right. I do not get paid for the time that I'm there unless I'm working on a client. And even then it's a discounted rate until I'm on my own. Um, but mm-hmm. like you said, going to school and not being able to work, you know, I graduated from all beauty college and then six months after I graduated and I'm $8,000 in debt, I realized I'm allergic to all of the chemicals to do nails. So, you know, Aww. my skin and nails are falling off. So, I mean, it's all trial and error, but I feel like... Right. If you're able to do the job and if you're able to learn the craft, you will make money. I mean, some of the nail techs I was working with make $60,000, $70,000 a year. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So some of the ones, like some of the local businesses that I know, um, it's not just for the kids' sake. It's also for, for example, like um, Tony at... AC and Sons. Mm-hmm. He's the only one that I'll call for my AC. One, he's local, and I hate. Like I'm sure that they're. I'm sure that they're good businesses. I'm sure that they have their place, but I don't like dealing with um like pits out pit pitzer pitzer one hour air. Is that who it is? Pits air. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, like their like, trucks are divided down the middle with Benjamin Franklin plumbing. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Um, but I don't like, I don't like dealing with the large corporations. Cause the one time that I did schedule with them, um, I was transferred to a call center, right? Which I understand that they need to because of the volume, but in a local setting, the call center has, they have no idea who's coming out to my home. They have no idea when they're available. Like mm-hmm. all they see on their computer screen on the computer screen is their, like, oh, am I going on to silent? Sorry guys. I got this. interruptions um all they see is like the the paper schedule but they don't know if the plumber or the ac repair person just ran into a snafu at the last house right they don't know what's going on so when i call tony he kind of gives me a rundown of like okay well i've got these two houses i expect it to be this long this is what they say is going on i'll call you if there's anything else right he knows my dog's names. He right. like I, yeah. he's he has serviced my ACs at the last three homes that I've lived at, and um, 
he built this company. They just had some, they just had some family illness and I haven't talked to him in a while, but something like that's scary. Like, you know, he builds up that rapport Mm -hmm, with the community. And then if something happens with their family, now what happens to that company? Right. Well, and I think that's where a lot of people can kind of draw from too. Like, you know, small town businesses, like look at all the businesses right now. Right. Um, on Beale Street, you know, like yeah. what are they're all mom and pop shops. They're all small yeah. shops. They're all struggling. And we're all pitching in and trying, you know, to buy things at their establishment, at least online, to keep them going in the moment because right. this quarantine is so uncertain. But then again, mm-hmm. on the flip side of that, like kids who are going in and doing these apprenticeships and learning an actual trade and craft, you have the option then to be a mom and pop shop or to move on to something more corporate, you know, your, your, your possibilities are endless as far as learning a trade and getting proficient at it. So do you think that this would be an option for, um, something similar to like, I don't know if they still do it, like the ride alongs with police officers. Didn't that used to be a thing? I don't know. I've only, I honestly don't know about that. So would it be something like on the weekend? Do you think that this would be applicable during a break? Um, I would hope you know, that the schools would be able to coordinate with certain small businesses in town and try to make something tangible happen for kiddos who maybe aren't geared towards standardized testing. That to me seems so unfair to put everyone across the board at the same bar. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, oh, it such makes, a good point. It makes 90% of the kids in the school feel like failures. There's not going to be sure. people who are straight A's across the board. There's not going to be Cambridge kids all the way throughout the school. Um, I think expectations are a killer for kids' self-esteem. And maybe to show them that there's other options would build them back up and show them, look, you don't have to be in the Cambridge program in order to make 50, 100 bucks an hour. You know, you- and this the standardized the standardized testing doesn't tell you what kind of ingenuity they have. It doesn't tell you how punctual they are. It doesn't right. tell you anything about their customer service. I have met so many straight A people that I went to high school with that those little assholes couldn't survive in a customer <laughs> service setting to save their lives. Right. But they got straight A's. Woo. But I think it's cool. Like we we all have kids. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling my mom I wasn't going to go to college. And I'm, I'm pretty sure my mom was probably supportive because my mom and dad are kind of, they have to be on board with everything that I do because I don't really give a shit what anyone says. <laughs> but I do remember having friends and things like that. And, and they would tell their parents that they don't want to go to school or go to college. And it was like they were just such a disappointment. And yeah. I feel like if one of our kids came to us, and, and told us they didn't want to go to college, that they wanted to learn a trade, like, um, I'd throw a party. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, I, I, mean, I would be happy like, either way. Yeah. I mean, when my oldest wanted to drop out, she was a freshman, but she's had health issues. So there was attendance issues. Um, also she's gay. There were issues there. She was bullied a lot. You know, there's so many things that so many factors that went into her deciding that, the high school experience was not for her and I fully supported that. But then on the flip side, you know, there's family, older family that were just like, what are you going to do now? And you're not going to amount to anything unless you graduate high school and 
walk with your class and it's just such nonsense it it really does not have any bearing you can go get your ged and go back to college as you please you know you can get a job in a trade you can get a job pretty much anywhere with a ged i don't think there are any limitations no no because when you fill out an application this is my favorite point to make because i have a ged but i'm also like a college graduate Mm-hmm. You know, thing, things that I'm, I'm proud of. And when you fill out an application, it is, do you have your high school diploma or GED equivalent? Yeah. They're never a separate box. Yeah. Never. And I, I honestly, like, I have friends from high school. One girl that I was really good friends with in high school, she took her GED and left school before I did. She works with doctors. What is it? Doctors Beyond Borders or Doctors without borders exactly that is so cool and she travels all over the world you know so that's someone who left school at the age of 17 without a high school diploma that now has every opportunity at their fingertips so I think it's really unfair to tell kids that a GED will hold them back or that a trade will hold them back or be or should be their last resort right I hope that I hope that over the next few months I, I know personally, I don't have the availability to tackle this. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm still working on the cloning machine. So we'll see. God, don't, <laughs> please don't. No more projects. <laughs> Jesus, Lord, help me. <laughs> I said, I don't have the availability. Thank God. Or else know I your limits. <laughs> Um, the phrase that bounces around in my head often is you can do anything, but not everything. Yeah. Um, but I, does it though? (laughs) Yes, it does jerk. I love it. Um, I hope that maybe, uh, somebody that's listening knows how we can kind of get the ball rolling or how they can get the ball rolling on, even if it's, you know, I, I don't know, Tony. It, specifically if he's available for something like that, but a business like Tony's or um, we have a couple of friends that have mechanic shops. Um, my, Even if it was a summer thing. I think my biggest, I think my biggest concern and the biggest roadblock that I see and the answer that, that people would likely get the most often would be insurance. Yeah. I was thinking about that today about liability and honestly, that would be a concern. And also um, another concern would be maybe that they want to make sure that the applicants are serious about the trade. These trades mm-hmm. are taught to people who are serious about having a career. And sometimes I feel like people go into it as an apprentice thinking it's going to be easy and it's really, really not. And your road to get to be to the point where you're a professional is really hard. Um, so, I mean, there's a couple roadblocks there. And I do see the insurance thing as liability. But maybe there are internship programs where you can sign a waiver or something like that also. Well, I know I got a, a hun or a $1 million policy when I was in school for like 30 bucks for a year. Oh, that's true. And I was covered for a million dollars in medical malpractice. Oh, geez. (laughs) So, I mean, (laughs) that's a really good point. And that would also show initiative. Like, if you want to do this, I mean, it's like kind of signing up for sports. You have to get the, 
you have to get your physical, you have to get your uniform for, for sports. And then you have to, you know, proof of, proof of this liability insurance, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, so that might be a way around it. Yeah, that could be an option. I mean, it's, it's definitely, I feel like all these are good points to bring up in some sort of public forum where we want to make sure that kiddos who maybe aren't proficient at standardized testing have other options and don't feel lost. And even kids who are perfect, like for instance, I school was um, easy to the point of being terribly boring for me. Um, I understand what I read very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, comprehension was never an issue. And then regurgitating what I already understand, also not an issue. But the idea of getting a four-year degree in something and then just doing the same thing all the time, no matter what it is, really, doing the same thing all the time mm-hmm. is mind-numbing. Yeah. I swap back and forth between building and painting and, like, I just I just want to make as many different things with my hands as possible. Like, my, my next goal to learn is welding I want to learn how to weld and then she'll make me not only wear my safety glasses a welding hat (laughs) and gloves I can't wait for that I better have a I better have a smoke hole (laughs) that's all I request but you know understanding and recognizing that that the the quote-unquote normal way of of putting people through school or educating people doesn't doesn't work for everybody and sometimes people just want to get in and do things like hands down my favorite job that I've had where I worked for somebody else was being a locksmith because it was problem solving and building and all of those things all wrapped into into one thing um and it was so satisfying and that's not something that you can do at a four-year college it's a trade it's it's a very it's a very needed very serious trade and uh the availability the availability of locksmiths like my grandmother who's been doing it for 30 plus years and all of the knowledge that she has to be able to like locks like everything locks used to be repairable Mm -hmm. and now it's just like your toaster you use it for a couple years and you throw it away right so things like that are just going by the wayside and i think it would be really cool to see um a resurgence i think we're gonna see that after this quarantine i think things like that are gonna be shown as being important I hope so. I really so hope does so. this mean that we're going to more uh, school board meetings? <laughs> I would love to. It was so interesting, the last one that we went to. Oh, Lord. Next time, I, I cannot bring the girl. We no. brought the girls. It was like, we didn't, it was only supposed to be like a half an hour long, but they were doing awards. <laughs> oh, man. So it took forever. So I didn't really get to be in there, which was fine. I was, like, outside with the girls. And by the time she came out, she's like, are you ready to go? I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes they get pretty interesting, though. Pretty dicey. Yeah. They were, at this one, they were still arguing about what uh, qualifies as having lice. Like, are we still on that topic? It was in 2000. It's 2019 at this point. 
and they're still discussing on whether or not nits classify as having lice and i'm like guys it's the chicken or egg like <laughs> that's why my 10 year old always wears a braid <laughs> yeah yes for real we have the spray we put in the girls' hair and and braid them nice. yeah <laughs> all that well, we, we really appreciate you hanging out with us for a little while. Yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to add or anything that we didn't touch on? I mean, no, I just, I really feel like uh, it makes me really sad that trades and apprenticeships and journeymen are kind of disparaged in the public eye. And I wish more people were more vocal about the fact that we need people like that in our society and our communities. And that in itself it's an art you know Mm -hmm. yeah learning everything about your job and getting good at it and um, growing as much as you can so yeah I think we'll I think we'll call it a night and um, have fun with your Mario Kart (laughs) thank you guys for having me on (laughs) yeah we enjoyed it (laughs) all right you guys have a great night we'll talk to you you too bye I don't know why you have to be so mean to me. It's like, ting, oh, it's past nine o'clock, so she decides that she's a cranky little asshole. I wasn't being cranky. You just gave, like, the cough of all coughs, and I was just like, yeah, get that shit out of the way. That's not cranky. She personally attacked me, and I'm offended. (sighs) So that was a pretty cool guest. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think it was a super important topic. Mm -hmm. It's one that I'd like to talk about more not necessarily on the podcast but in general Mm -hmm. and I wish I'm not even joking I wish I had a cloning machine because how cool would that be um you know you get those flyers sent home for the schooling during the day like uh the summer school for some reason I think it's at La Sanita that they do the summer school or something or the or the break whatever the case um how cool would it be that they get sent home and it's for middle school or maybe late middle school and high schoolers and you have a list of companies that you can pick that you go with them you ride with somebody every single day you you show up to work on time um and you train with them your whole spring break how freaking cool would that be that would be really cool and then we wouldn't have a shortage in tradesmen um there would be other options that kids have right. instead of drug use. Like, well, and what's on un- what's really unfortunate is that you have these kids that graduate and they don't want to go to college, or they do go even though they don't want to, and end up dropping can't. out, or they can't afford it, or they go on a different path where they're getting into drugs and all these things. So then it's later on in life when they're having to learn these things mm-hmm. that they're just finding out what. What keeps them clean, what keeps them, you know, financially stable, all of these things. And imagine how many people's lives, if if they were introduced to these things earlier, they would say, well, I'm not a failure if I don't go to college because I'm going to, I love doing this and I'm going to love my job and, and make decent money. Yeah. um, uh, uh, A living that you can actually live on. Right. I went to school for two years and had to get board certified and... There are tradesmen out there, men and women, that make more than I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. And it's not necessarily that it's like the easy route or anything no. like that. Because a lot of these trades 
are hard work. And they're ever-changing. Mm-hmm. You have to keep up with the industry standards. Absolutely. So if you guys listening, um, if you have any thoughts on this, if you either have a company that would be interested in in having a guest with you for spring break or summer or whatever the case. Of course, after, you know. After the world's done going crazy. Do yeah. we have to say that? I think we do. <laughs> okay. Um, let us know. Send us an email. Yeah. Moms of mm at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you as always uh we talk about this stuff it's not it's not formal no no and also if you are interested in in being a guest or have ideas for topics email us let us yeah message us on facebook definitely moms of mischief and mayhem because really we are all just just a a hot fucking mess. mess